Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And today we're chatting to Sally and Henry Maybury. Sally's son and Henry's brother, Tom, died following a struggle with alcoholism. We're going to be talking to them about that and Alcohol Awareness Week. I mean, Alcohol Awareness Week, it is what it says, basically. It is to make people aware of alcohol and alcohol misuse. The UK theme this year is alcohol and relationships. And obviously that's quite, you know, (laughs) quite, you know, mean a lot (laughs) of things. But for us, obviously, it's our relationship that we have with Tom, my older brother, um, mum's eldest son, and it's what alcohol did to our relationship and how it really affected it. Yeah, so I think that's really is what it means to us. And I think that was the reason why we decided that this was also a good time to um, to release the video that we we have put together, which we can talk about a bit later. But um, but yes, it's 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 um, yeah, it's a a good good cause, a good cause, yeah. a good cause. Yeah, we'll come on to the video a bit later, as as yeah. you said. But um, would you mind telling us a bit more about why exactly you did want to get involved? Um, well, it's it was really um, after Tom died um tom uh, passed away when he was 29 and um he as a little i have to say i'll go back to when he was a little boy i mean he was a little boy who was um full of naughtiness i'd say (laughs) he was the eldest of four he's my firstborn my first my father's my father and and mothers and both sides of the family that he was actually the um first grandchild um so 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 a little a little special you know sorry Henry (laughs) (laughs) Henry was the youngest one so you know tough (laughs) but um 
but yes he was the firstborn and you know he and he was he was gorgeous I mean he was lovely he'd got you know he'd he'd he had these great big brown eyes and everybody used to comment on his eyes they used to sort of say wow <coughs> that's going to be a killer for the girls <laughs> and he um yeah he was a lovely boy I mean he went through uh school um and he you know came out the other side you know he had lots of friends he was he loved his sport and he was a pretty hands-on guy wasn't he because that's why oh, he went God, to yes. then yeah. agricultural college and he, he really always, he really had a talent with that stuff didn't he he like, did and yeah. we also used to say when he was a little boy you know you'd give him the building bricks and we used to say tom can build really good brick walls <laughs> we always said you know he, he he is he is a builder of you know hands-on doing things and you know and i was you say he was my little man because he would just help me with lots of little things and lots of little jobs and and um yeah he was he was just a, a fantastic a fantastic little boy a fantastic young man and even um the good the drink just you know took over, took over and started to control him even then he was just a fun we actually say mm. he was a fun drunk he really was I mean he was mm. always a happy a happy man well that was saying his heart was always in the right place oh, so yes, whenever you know something went wrong and we had um you know a bit of an incident at home because he just suddenly it would always with alcohol get to that tipping point doesn't it where you you can be happy and 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 jolly then you get to that point where then you just fall into that depression and he would then just become depressed morose and when we had incidents like that and obviously as as you know most of the time it was actually me and you at home actually yes because I was living at home at the time and it was just heartbreaking seeing like that and it was just so he he then felt guilty the next day and it was mm. he was just showed how he was such a kind young man that he then would wake up the next day and he'd be like he'd feel guilty and the garden the next day would just be immaculate <laughs> and he would just go out and he would just be like yeah. you know what I'm gonna do this for you mum because I'm so sorry about last night and that you know I he couldn't became... say sorry as such could he no, but, no, he, but those, he, he would that say, was his way of saying way. sorry yeah I mean, it was like when you, um, a story that we actually do say in the video about the wallet. Yeah, yeah. He, when his addiction really starts to take over, obviously, like a lot of people suffering with addiction, they need to feed that addiction. And he, obviously, at this point um, in the peak of it, he wasn't working. And so he needed, you know, he was obviously wanted any bit of money that he could get. And I just come back from holiday and, um, I had some euros that I needed to, to exchange, and basically, I my my wallet went missing, and I found it the next day underneath the sofa, uh, underneath the sofa, and uh, it was open, and the money had gone missing, and I approached him, and like a lot of addicts, he was in denial, and and yeah, he, you know, there was obviously a bit of, it was obviously a little bit of an argument, and he felt guilty. And I remember at the time, my, my Xbox was like completely broken. It was, there was, there was just something <laughs> wrong with it. And I came back after a weekend away and he fixed it. And I just remember him looking at me and it was just that grin that he had. Yeah, and he just looked at me grin. as I sort of walked in the house on the Sunday evening. He was like, uh, do you want to, do you want a game of FIFA? And I was like, um, yeah, uh, is it working? I, I don't think, I don't think it works. And he was like, it is now. <laughs> 
and uh, and we just went around and that yeah. that just shows the type of guy that he was you know and he just yeah it's so it's so frustrating because he had so much going for him and uh, well, he, he did because because he was, um, you know, he he when he left school, he um, he was. We always said he's a hands-on person, so he decided he he really wanted to go into. To, he was going to go to agricultural college, which he did eventually. But he he um, no, he actually went to agricultural college after school, didn't he? He got his lifeguard um, qualifications. He went to agricultural college. And then from there, he then went and did PGL, which is um, it's like an adventure park, an adventure where, where parents go and leave their children for holidays. It's a wonderful place when you've got young children. You can just <laughs> drop them off and leave them there. <laughs> and Tom, Tom was actually there and he, he'd be doing all the sports side and and actually eventually mm. was promoted and was working actually over in Paris, which he loved because he was going to all the Euro Disney things. And 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 yeah, and it was and it was brilliant. And I think that was when everything was really going well it was good and it was settled and we thought you know um wasn't even really thinking about what tom was doing i was thinking about you know what the rest of the family were doing and then he was sort of in a relationship and and that sort of broke down didn't it and then and then he moved back first and he moved back because he thought actually i now want to come home and i feel ready to set up his own little business and he came back and set up his own little um it was like a garden design business yeah. and um and he he yeah he started doing really well and he was in he was in a happy relationship and um unfortunately yeah like you said that fell through yes that that fell through and and then and i think at that stage he just he just got he was a, a little became a little bit more depressed not more, well he, but he was just he, he was just a little bit heartbroken and, he just felt pretty yeah. down and then yeah, there was a little bit of an increase in his drinking, but yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't like out of the ordinary. It was kind of you know just like everyone going to after work for a few pints, you know, trying to forget about what you've been through, forget about the sort of the the negativity kind of thing, and you know, try and you know throw yourself in with socialising with friends and you know get into that kind of group. And and he unfortunately then just on one occasion he um, drove back from a country pub just around the corner. Um, from from my mum's and it's literally about it's, it's less than a mile away actually uh back to the back to the house and he so as he was uh over. yeah as he was on his way back he blacked out behind the wheel and rolled the car thankfully did not take anyone else out but actually this is the introduction of his epilepsy coming back into his life because he he had he, a little yes bit he of had when kid, he was about it? eight years old he suddenly started this petty mal epilepsy and it only lasted I should think yeah. for two or three years and, and he never went into full full fits um you know he sort of grew out of it and but this this unfortunately started to creep back in again I mean I have to say the last four or five years was it epilepsy were they alcohol induced fits I don't know. I mean, there's an awful lot that goes with, you know, the, the alcohol. You can go fit, you can go into fits. Yeah, you you actually like hallucinate. And, yeah. um, and he was hallucinating yeah. as well at one stage, you know. Well, but, at but when stages, the, the epilepsy came back into his life, that's when his mental health really deteriorated. And he, he suffered then he, he became, you know, obviously he, he lost his license. Um, and actually, when they, bre- uh, when they, found you know found his car they actually did breathalyze him and he was mm-hmm. just over the the limit so 
Um, you know, so he lost his license, not because of just the epilepsy, but also because of the alcohol and all of that combined, his mental health just, he just fell into a depression. And it just, you know. So with, would you say that the kind of falling into depression, was that triggered by alcohol use? Or do you think it's kind of the other way around? Or is it a mix of both? What happened after that? When did it start becoming that he had an alcohol problem? I think really personally, obviously, it's really difficult to, you know, when someone's, you know, 19, 20, to know whether they were drinking too much anyway. Um, because obviously, I suppose my mum wasn't able to watch him 24 seven and kind of, you know, kind of thing. But I, I personally, as someone and mum seeing all this happen, it really was the depression first, his mental health, deteriorating and then the alcohol followed he used the alcohol to as a a coping coping mechanism mechanism, to pick himself up to make himself feel better and unfortunately then it just yeah took over his life it just began to spiral didn't it really it was just yeah i mean you know ways he would after work you know he'd he'd go for perhaps a couple of drinks and then come back home and have supper and then and then he'd go into work um then he would the next it would then become not just a couple of drinks it would then he'd come home and then he'd perhaps have more to drink at home I think that's probably when I picked up a bit I thought you know he's gone to the pub and now he's coming back and he's drinking a a bit more then the weekends it was then going into into the pub the local pub or and when he couldn't drive he would then just get a taxi and he would go into town and he would drink in town and come back in a taxi and I I can remember when we were getting towards the um the time that he could renew his license and I was saying you know this is great you know and get back to working getting a lot more work and get your license back and he was he just said oh I don't need a license I don't, I don't need that at all I know I'll be fine and I just think he was he just thought no I can I if if, if I get my driving license back I won't be able to drink I mean god forbid he got his license back and he did drink you know sort of over the limit and everything god forbid um but that never happened and i think and that i think then was where it began to spiral mm. it's so difficult isn't it as well because um especially i think there's something about british culture um we really normalize drinking lots and lots of alcohol um men and women but i would say possibly more towards men you know um just the quantities that we think it's normal to drink and um, we do have this culture of, you know, after a difficult day at work or, you know, something difficult happening in our personal lives, you know, it, it seems it's seen as totally normal, really, isn't it, to to blow off steam and just head down the pub and and drink lots. Well, it's I think it's it's I mean, also, the other thing is you you can do that, you know, I mean, whereas you can, you know, alcohol is isn't um, illegal. I'm not saying that they should make it illegal. Um, you know, drugs are obviously illegal. So, um, so alcohol, um, yeah, it's, it's, so it's available, it's accessible, yeah. it's available. And, uh, and, yeah. and that's what's been our, to be honest, when we've been going around schools and we've been doing public speaking and sharing our story, that's also what's been great about how we've engaged with students because we're not going in and saying, because obviously doing this kind of work, you know, people, like you said, because alcohol is such a big part of the culture, people will judge you know, think, oh, well, they're going around, I bet they're saying to the kids and stuff, don't drink, don't drink. Trust me, I've been into schools where I've been setting up and I've heard sick formers come in and they've been like, oh, God, this is now alcohol awareness talk. Oh, God, I bet they're going to be saying don't drink, you know, kind of thing. And and the amazing, I think for us, 
we do drink. Yeah, we actually you know, tell I, them that, don't we? You know, we just I say, went I went to university. I, I you know, I had a great time, you know. You yeah. It's yeah, you're right, it is a big part of the culture. But but seeing what my brother went through, I'm obviously aware of like how it can so easily just take over your life. So I I've always gone in the back of my head, you know, kind of, you know, it's so, you know, sensible to have, you know, those breaks and, you know, not get in that trap of drinking regularly because it's, you know, can so easily, you know, if you, if you're not just using it as a coping mechanism, it can go on the other sort of way. It can just become part of a routine and you can suddenly find that you're drinking a lot of the time or all the time. So, but I think it's also, as you say, that if something's gone wrong in your life, it's the thing that you suddenly think I must have a drink. I must have a drink just to relax, mm. to to make myself, you think, make yourself feel good. But of course, when you've had so many, you then suddenly become quite... You can, yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. become, well, you can become depressed yeah. and tearful. And, and so it, it's the emotional. other way, emotional yeah. and everything. Um, you know, I mean, I, I can remember actually, you know, Tom died. And um, I I remember he was in hospital and... Um, I think he was in hospital, you know, we can never remember how long we seem to think. We always say we think it's about six weeks, but, you know, I don't think it was that long, actually. It seemed like a very long time. But I had to go and tell my father, who was just up the road in a nursing home, and he was in his 90s, and I could not actually say that he was in because he'd got his organs were failing. And I actually went to dad and I said, oh, dad, you know, Tom's, um, it's, it, he's not too good at the moment. I think that's the first thing I said. He's not too good at the moment. Then he died and dad did not know quite how bad he was. And I had to then go in and I said, dad, um, I have to tell you that um, Tom actually had a, had a really violent fit, came into hospital and hasn't come out and he's died. I just, I, I, I couldn't put him through the the pain of having to, or those three or four weeks that we had, just thinking, oh, what's going to go on? You know, I mean, he was a he was a very strong man, my dad, but um, I'm not saying it killed him, but then, you know, Tom died in February, my father died Christmas of that year, and that oh, that time between. Tom going and, and grandpa or dad going was was horrible absolutely horrible so I can understand why people are you know can can sort of with times like that sort of thing I'm gonna have a drink to relax you know it's it's so easy um <coughs> and I've completely forgotten what you asked me <laughs> oh well no I was I was asking um if you were able to talk to him about your concerns really yeah um, yeah and- and 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 we did we did try to talk to him you know because then I would sort of say you know you really are drinking too much and and he would just no 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 I'm fine and and he he just wouldn't um, he wouldn't admit to it he wouldn't um, he wouldn't accept it at at all and it really wasn't until hmm, the last couple of twelve months twenty four months before he died that then he started to ask for help. And he was actually saying, you know, please, can you help me? And I think that was at the stage when he was having the fits. He was actually having back-to-back fits. He would have a fit. And I could manage these at home. And it, and it wasn't epilepsy anymore. This, no, these, were these, al- were these were alcohol fits. It yeah. was really... Yeah. But luckily for him, he knew when they were coming. And I would, he'd sort of say, oh, I can see flashing lights. So I'd get him on the ground or on the sofa. And I'd put my knee in, into his back so that he wouldn't roll over. Get him through the fit. But then... 
he would have another one. And then, you know, if I could manage it, I would. And, and But then I, I inevitably, I'd probably have to call the ambulance. But um, and it was times like that that then he'd say, can you help me? And I, and I can remember actually on one occasion, I actually took him upstairs and got him into bed. And 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 he, he actually said, oh, don't go, mum. And I actually got um, I got a duvet or something and put it on the floor and slept beside him because he was so scared. And and I can remember that night he actually said to me, Mum, he said, will you be with me when I die? And I thought, shit, you know, that's a real. And because I was saying, oh, don't be stupid, Tom, you're going to die before that. I'm going to die before you. You know that that's that's ridiculous. Um, you know, um, so reassuring him. It was just yeah. reassuring him. Um, yeah. I, at that stage, I did not think that he was going to die. I think. I hoped that he was going to beat it with our help, with all our help. How were you both coping at this point? Because that sounds incredibly difficult. <sighs> it was it was really you really hard. School, I mean, I was you? I was at school, and I I uh, it was funny when my uh, <laughs> well, it's not funny actually, <laughs> but when my uh, friends um, came to the funeral, um, the first thing they said to me after after the funeral. Um, one of my best friends came up to me and just sort of gave me a hug and was and just said mate why didn't you tell us you were going going through this and it's such a you know school's brutal <laughs> I mean it is you it is when you think about you know opening up about things you you you're really scared to do that because you're worried that you might become a target and um I just yeah I kept it all locked up and I massively regret that obviously I I wish I'd spoke to someone um we encourage people in schools don't we students in yeah, schools that we they massively encourage them and yeah. and, I, and i say like i i regret that i didn't you know open up to anyone because i it i found it really really hard because i was going from school and then you know coming back home and for a, a few years he was you know living at home so then i was coming back and 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 seeing you know tom in this way and having to deal you know with his struggles and um and it, it was yeah it was really hard um I mean I yeah I I just I found it really tough seeing you know my, my older brother who to be honest with you when you um when you're you know you're at school he's the person you idolize the most you know you you look at him and you think oh wow you know he's he, he was all right at football I was sat there thinking oh god he's good at football and um he's doing really well especially when I was you know really young at school and he was suddenly going out to Paris and working yeah. you know for PGL and got promotions I was sitting there thinking wow I, I really want to be like him he is doing so well for himself um so when I it kind of flipped and went the other way I was just yeah I was devastated but you know what about you mum yeah. well I mean again I think a bit like you I, I you know I think back on who did I tell I I I told my brother, I spoke to my brother a lot about it, but really I didn't, I didn't open up to, um, girlfriends. And until one day I was just, um, I'd actually, I'd just been playing tennis actually and just come off and we were having a cup of coffee all together for, for, for ladies. And, you know, the conversation, oh, you know, how's little Jimmy doing? Or oh, how's little Camilla doing? Or oh, how's little Janie doing? Oh, fantastic. All at school, this, that and the other and blah, 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 blah. And I just then went, um, they sort of said, oh, Sally, how, how are your lot? And I sort of said, 
Tom's an alcoholic. And I literally came out with it. And the shock and the horror on some of the faces, I don't think they really knew what to say. And I think one of one of the ladies I actually who I who was a friend sort of knew there was there was bits going on, but not to the extent that 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 it was. Um so and so and and it then I sort of managed to to sort of start talking about it a bit more, you know, and and that and I think that 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 actually did help. And also it introduced you to people who then sort of said, I had a girl an, another girlfriend who then came to me after I'd been, you know, that couple of years on and Tom was still alive and she said my daughter's got mental health issues and she said I don't know who to talk I can't talk about it you know can you imagine what everybody's going to think about thought I'd talk to you about it so there's a real taboo about this and and I think that's why we now talk about it because it's so important not to to just sort of just just put it under the carpet and pretend it never happened I think that is the worst we care about mum but I I want to keep my brother's memory alive and, yeah. and and show people that alcoholism addiction can happen to anyone it really can you know it it doesn't matter what you know background you come from or or anything it can literally just choose to take over anyone's life and it's not just them it's also it's also as we say because we're saying it's at the relationships it's those people around them as well it's yeah, you know yeah. it's it's the family it's the boyfriends the girlfriends the uh the grandparents the uncles aunts it affects everyone who's everyone. living in the environment yeah. of addiction yes this is a tricky question but did you ever feel any kind of anger towards tom or like frustration because i know that's kind of an experience a lot of people who are in relationships with people who are struggling with addiction they're just kind of like why can't you stop why can't you just you know, get over this, move past it. Did you ever feel like that? Massively. <laughs> I I was, I was honestly, like I said to you before, because I was looking at him thinking him as a role model and I, I saw him with so much potential. I was, I was so angry and frustrated because I sat there thinking, mate, come on, snap out of this. You have so much going for you. But unfortunately after, really after work that we've been doing, I've really understood now of addiction that there's just so much more to it it's not just someone picking up a a bottle and just drinking you know he bless him was obviously uh just i suppose you know a bit vulnerable and he fell into that depression his mental health deteriorated and then unfortunately just he just used alcohol to you know to put it you know to make himself feel better as it were. we did go to rehab didn't we at one stage that we had a sort of what i call a family fun day which is probably not what they call it but we, we went yeah. along for this family fun day and um and it was um and it was just sort of a day of of telling us how to work with an alcoholic and how to perhaps help them and 
and and it was that it was just giving us advice really yeah, wasn't it how to try and tough sort love of, a bit of tough yeah. love and so that was probably the anger as well because I found that really difficult because you wanted to give tough love you wanted to say you know um, not, don't do that and then and then not talk to them and then go away and hope they get a bit of a wake-up call I didn't last very long I have to say because as a mum I wanted to go and check upon him and check he was all right but but yes but there was I think there was anger as well but as we got further in, I, I I suppose eventually I thought he's not, you know, he's not going to make it. He's just not going to make it. Tell us more about the video that you've now created and also that your work um, in schools, because as you said, um, sounds like you've done some fantastic work, um, kind of raising awareness and keeping this, keeping his memory alive. But have you found that work difficult? Um, to sort of go over the story again, um, or have you learned some useful things? And so, yeah, tell us more about which you could have stayed. Well, so yeah, I mean, it's been so rewarding uh, going around all these schools. I mean, we've been around, oh God, how many schools? Well, I mean, now, schools, <laughs> rehabs, and prisons. We've probably yeah. gone over about a thousand, I would think. Yeah. You know, it's it's, um, it's, and, it's been... and it has been really really hard. But one thing you know we've picked up on. Um, is the the messages that we've received from all these young people who have said, thank you so much for helping us. You know, thank you so much. And, you know, and we can teachers, only, and, and teachers, teachers, I mean, we well, can only act yeah. as a signpost and, you know, point them in the right direction. And But what what's really sort of helped them is they, the amount of kids that have come up to us and actually opened up about their story that teachers never knew about. And then the teachers have been able to signpost them and take them to the school nurse or whatever and get them that help that they need and for us that is I mean I don't think there's any you know better feeling that's sort of you know that we've got out of our work really is there I mean from from that I mean um, and and then the video it's been yeah I mean we we started when Covid struck we um we kind of sat there and thought our work got hit massively because obviously not being able to go into schools, going to prisons, going to rehabs, it just wasn't possible. And even now, you know, schools are pretty hesitant with it having, you know, outsiders mm. come in. And we, so... we, we were actually, um, we were nearly stuck because we were actually at, at um, a school at doing a week in Great Yarmouth at um, schools. And um, we could see the country slowly closing down. And the one college sort of <laughs> said, oh, we've only got sort of, you know, 25 capacity of kids students here. Um, we'd already done, done two schools, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought we've, we've, got to, we've got to get out and we've got to get back home. Um, so, so yeah. That's, that's, and, that, and that's kind of when it, we kind of then came yeah. back. We obviously did the first lockdown. And then I, and about two weeks into lockdown, I kind of sat there and I thought, mum I've always wanted to turn our story into a video so we can get Tom's memory our story out to more schools because we can't you know we we can't go all the way up to you know the edge of Scotland you know and then stuff out it's just too far and and we just sat there and thought we would I'd love to be able to reach more people and we basically sat there and started researching film companies Typical me, I started off sort of very ambitiously <laughs> going towards some of the uh, really big film companies. And obviously some said no. And one of the big companies was Casual Films. And they turned around and said yes. Um, and I was just, oh, I couldn't believe it. We went away. We had a quote from them. We went mm-hmm. away. We then had to really <laughs> dig deep and go and fill in 
lots of forms to raise money um, and get grants and stuff, which I have to tell you, doing forms, doing grants Don't. is probably the most boring thing I've ever done in my life yeah. <laughs> but it particularly was particularly when you do one and it takes you about nearly nearly took us three weeks and we, we said I've got to get it in deadline deadline and then and then we, sort of, we said Phew, we've got it in and they said you know we will reply within however many weeks anyway they came back quite quickly actually yeah, and said, with about two no. lines yeah <laughs> so I was saying no and it was like oh god and then um, but over over a few months we eventually raised uh about thirteen thousand yes, pounds. Yeah. Um, we had so, such generous donations from Lady Edwina Grosvenor, um, who's the sister of the Duke of Westminster. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of local support um, from Shropshire. Yeah, we um, had we had we the had, round table and um, yes, and just, and just, yeah, a, just a lot of local organisations yes, that just threw yeah. some money into us, and and eventually we hit our target, and then. They put together a great sort of um, sort of little dis- guidance script, which sort of said, right, we're going to go ask you these questions. So we, so we were just a little bit aware um, what they're going to ask us. And the documentaries come together and it's only around because uh, we didn't want it because it's obviously going into schools. We didn't want it yeah. too long. So it's only about half an hour long. And um, and yeah, the whole thing is just going to be pushed out. Um, the trailer is currently on YouTube. And the full version is on the website. And we're just hoping, what we're really hoping, it is for free, um, but we're just really ho- hoping that schools will just do a bit of a fundraising event for our charity, which is called the Lost Days Charitable Trust. Um, and that we can, our big aim is to hopefully one day sponsor an addict and try and do something we were never able to do with Tom yeah. and just try yeah. and get someone into a rehab and try and get them on that road to recovery because that would just be oh, it would just oh, be amazing yeah, for us it would be um, wonderful what's the kind of message that you're trying to send throughout your talks and this alcohol awareness week because i know earlier you said you're not necessarily saying like we're here to ban alcohol entirely what is the message that you'd like to send for me like when i was at school and i was going through all of this i felt really lonely because I didn't speak to anyone about it. And I just want all the the young people there to realise that there is help out there, that they can go and talk to people. I mean, the amount of messages that we've received um, through, like, you know, Instagram or mum with email and stuff like that from young people has been, has been, yeah, it's been amazing, mm. really, hearing their stories and just trying to help them. But, um, yeah, we just want to sort of help them make them realize that there's charities out there such as um obviously ourselves that can you know help you and speak to you and signpost you in the right direction there are also charities like nakoa which is a helpline for um young people to call up so they can have a bit of you know guidance if they're living in the environment of addiction there's also ones like adaption aquarius um you know if there's people you know we, when we go into rehabs as well we're trying to encourage them to, you know, keep on that road of recovery. We want them to stay clean. So with that, we're saying, look, you know, please stay in rehab. Or when we go to um, other places to talk and there may be people struggling, we're saying, please go to rehab, please go to AA, please go to your local GP if you are struggling. Um, And there are anyone also who may be listening if you are living in 
family environment where someone is struggling with um, an addiction, just remember what we said. We also went to a rehab and they provided support for yeah. families. You can go to a family day out and go and talk to people and get that advice. Um, and I, I think without saying the cliche, we want people to realize that, you know, they're not alone. Um, that, you know, we we are just trying to, yeah, make people just realize that and um, try and get that help and not be afraid to get that help. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Bring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. Uh, Helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 